Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Each week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, everyday believers, ordinary people, just like you and me. As we enter the third week of Advent, we're transitioning today to talk about joy. Biblical joy is an attitude that isn't based on our circumstances but one that's based on hope. That's the same living eternal hope that we talked about with Tyler and Cheyenne during the first week of Advent. If you haven't listened to that episode that was released on December 6th, I would highly encourage you to go back and find it. But today I get to chat with our high school director, Alex Vakacher. If you know Alex, you know that joyful and adventurous and fun are words that describe him well. But what happens when the things that bring us the most joy are suddenly ripped away? Where do we turn to find true joy when so many things in life feel fleeting? That's exactly what Alex had to wrestle with a few years ago when an accident that nearly left him paralyzed caused him to evaluate his own source of joy. This conversation is such a challenge to us as we think about where we seek to find joy in our own lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Alex Vakacher. All right, well, Alex, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you just started a new role as director of high school. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just stepping into this new role for the last couple months and uh, have taken over the high school ministry. I got the call to go up from uh, middle school from the JV team up to the varsity <laughs> team. So I'm pretty excited about it. But yeah, I'm loving the direction that the high school is moving and um, just where we're going with it. So yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you spend a lot of your time with high schoolers. What, uh, besides like Sunday mornings and I guess Wednesday nights, what do your days look like? That's the question we always get. I it's bet like, it is. Okay, <laughs> outside of Wednesdays, like what do you guys actually do? We drink a lot of Mountain Dew, you know, we eat some pizza, like typical youth bastard. No, um, no, it's great. We, we plan uh, all of our events. We try and strategize how we're going to run the programs. Um, I also create all the content for us. So all of our discussion guides, all of the things we work through, uh, our connection events, everything that we do has a system and a purpose to it. And so we're not just running events for events sake, but right. actually having some sort of rationale for why we're doing what we're doing. So we can be really strategic and try and um, just try and move students from a starting point through their in their walk with with God and grow them deeper mm -hmm. uh, and even together uh, in their walk with God. Yeah. Yeah. So you're working on winter retreat stuff right oh, now. Oh yeah. yeah. Winter retreats in the front of our minds. It is a, this year it's a high school only winter retreat and um, that is our a new thing for this year. And so our high schoolers are just going crazy and they are so excited for it. So it'll <laughs> be fun. I bet they are. I bet they are. That's awesome. So you uh, went to college for student ministry? I did. Yeah. So I graduated from Lancaster Bible College um, and then Right out of college, got a job in D.C. as a youth pastor there for middle school um, and then worked from there, went to a church here in, in Pennsylvania and then ended up here in Calvary. So, uh, so excited to be here. And, and I've only been here for two years or so. And uh, 
a lot has changed in those two years, but it's been an amazing uh, fit for me and my family for sure. Yeah. 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 And so you're married and you have two girls. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah. I am. I'm just a girl dad, you know, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah. Christy and I met in college and so we actually both played sports and we met our first uh, two weeks before school started our freshman year. So we uh-huh. started started dating like the first month of freshman year. We were that, you know, we were that couple yep. that started dating. Yep. Uh, but we actually made it. We lasted all the way through and got married, got engaged our senior year and then married right after. Um, and then and then had Jordan. Uh, she is three years old. Okay. And uh, and then we had baby Ev just a year ago. So we ha- I have a three year old and a one year old. Yeah. Our life is crazy. Living the dream. Oh, you know, I love it. I love the chaos. And Jordan just started preschool. Oh yeah. So she gets to come into work with you a couple days a week. Yeah. Preschool doesn't just end at preschool. Like she comes home and she's the teacher and then we're the students. So she's, (laughs) she's kind of my A type child. So perfect. Very different than me too. (laughs) She is my teacher in a lot of ways. Oh my word. I love that. So you and Christy both played sports in college and what, what else did you do when you were in college? Did you have any other like extracurriculars, hobbies, things like that? Yeah. One of the, one of the things, um, growing up for me that I, I just loved, I loved all extreme sports. So I liked regular sports like basketball and soccer were kind of the ones I played, but, um, just where I grew up, there wasn't a lot to do. So we kind of created our own fun. Um, and so I got into some more of the extreme sports, like, um, like snowboarding was my winter one, but then in the summer times, I just, I loved cliff jumping. Okay. And so really interesting, like outside the normal, I'm, I don't meet a lot of other people that have enjoyed cliff jumping in their life. But, um, if for, for anybody that doesn't know cliff jumping is just jumping off of cliffs into the water, no parachute, no ropes, nothing, just different heights. And then trying to do tricks as you jump into the water then. So yeah, it is, uh, it is an exciting hobby. I bet. And so how did that start? It started purely because I grew up in West Virginia and there was, like I said, just like not a lot to do. So me and my friends um, would find fun things to do. And one of those things was go to these quarries that we knew and kind of go in and jump off these cliffs and climb up the rocks. And it was just like a fun pastime. Um, There was especially one place that we would all go to all the time and knew the owners and everything. So we were were allowed to be there and it was just so fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was like... It was an awesome, any, any summertime, like any day we had off, we would try and go find these places and go exploring. And I just loved the adventure of it. The whole, yeah. the whole experience. Yeah. So when you went to college, then was it like hard to find new places to go to cliff jump or was it like, did you, how did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It took a little bit um, to find some more places to go to, but um, I kind of had this network that's already been created. And so um, I was able to get connected with some other people and, and I started really jumping into the hobby a lot more of uh, expanding my tricks that I could do and trying to learn more and, and just go to bigger and newer places. Um, and I ended up actually getting a sponsorship in college for cliff jumping, okay. um, which was, yeah, which was pretty crazy. And like, it was awesome. I mean, they, they just basically had videos and YouTube videos and stuff. And I, I was one of their sponsored athletes. So it was a uh, interesting thing on the resume, you know, <laughs> to be like semi-professional cliff jumper, I guess. Like, right. yeah. Um, but then they they would have a lot of spots that they would take me to. Okay. And so I got to learn new places and, and you know, I was traveling on weekends and um, heading like sometimes it was like multiple days, just, just, you know, whatever, wherever I needed to go, they would kind of pay for me to go to. So it was, wow. it was a great, you know, 
I got to do what I loved and they, they paid for it. So it was awesome. Right. That's crazy. How did Christy feel about that? Yeah, she, she's actually been cliff jumping with me before. Has she really? It was kind of a, it was kind of a big deal in our dating relationship when (laughs) she, uh, there was one moment she jumped off a pretty big cliff that the other guys that I was with were scared to jump. Oh my God. I was like, oh, this is the one, like this has to be, Uh. you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so she, she, you know, she saw it, she loved it. She also was there always kind of also in my other ear saying like, Hey, be careful. Don't die. Don't get hurt. You know? And so she, she kind of knew the risk a little bit more than other people did too. Sure. Sure. And so is this something that you still do? No, actually I am, I am completely retired out of the game. It, uh, it all ended pretty abruptly. Um, and the last time I went cliff jumping was, um, it was actually before I ever had kids or anything. Um, I was working in DC and went with, um, the sponsor and everything. And it was, I was really into it. And, um, and then I actually just took my own trip with some friends, um, completely unrelated. And it was a waterfall in Tennessee. And so I jumped off this waterfall, um, this, this gorgeous waterfall. And, I, I did all my safety checks. There actually is safety checks and cliff jumping, like, you know, don't want to jump blind. And so I, I did all my safety checks. I did um, my first jump and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my second jump, I actually did a head first dive off of a 40 foot waterfall. Oh and, my gosh. And I like hit my spot and I was totally fine. Um, but then on the third jump, I tried a trick uh, that I, I had done a bunch of times before, but I just messed up on the takeoff of mm-hmm. the trick and it pushed me off into, into where the waterfall was coming down. And so, okay. uh, I actually went into the waterfall and did one and a half flips and <gasps> landed on my back oh on a rock. Gosh. Yeah. So it was, um, it was a pretty massive impact from 40 feet to land on your tailbone. Yeah. Um, so it took all the brunt of it and then the waterfall kind of pushed me into the, into the water and, uh, thankfully I, I was wearing a wetsuit and so I was able to float after hitting the rock, um, okay. and not just not, not, you know, I couldn't really do much. And mm-hmm. so at this point my legs weren't really working, but I could use my arms. And so I used my arms kind of floated to the, to the edge and called for help. And my, uh, my other friends came over and, and pulled me out of the water and, um, I like my legs just wouldn't work. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to stand up and it was freaking me out. So I was like, I have to stand up. Um, so I, I got myself up on a rock and stood up. And as soon as I stood up, the pain just shot up my spine. Um, and I ended up blacking out and going into a seizure. Um, and so oh my didn't know it at the time, but I blacked out, went into a seizure. And I, I remember waking up with all the faces around me. Um, and all these guys are just freaking out, you know. Um, but we were in such a remote place that... Uh, the one, one guy had to actually get out, uh, hike out, get in his car, drive 15 minutes to call 911, but he called them and they were there within 45 minutes. Um, that seems like an eternity. Yeah. Especially (laughs) when I was in agony, I was in a lot of pain. And so I was just laying, laying there on this big rock that was just awful. And so, uh, emergency paramedics got there and they put me on a board and had a bunch of people help carry me out and then actually put me on a helicopter and I got flown to the nearest trauma unit, um, there in Johnson city. And so, um, when I arrived at the trauma unit, um, they cut off my wetsuit and and started, um, doing some tests and the doctor simply took his fist and kind of went down my spine. And as he got about halfway, I was just in, I was in too much pain. I was like screaming in pain. And, uh, he says to the other doctor, he says, I think, I think he's paralyzed. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, um, I'm fully conscious. I'm fully there. And so I, I was like, you, you know, you start thinking like my life through the lens of I'm now paralyzed, I'm in a wheelchair, you know, what does my life look like? Um, and newly married too. So like right. what life looks like outside of that, um, just pretty, pretty crazy. And for an hour, uh, I went into testing and, and over that time, it was the longest hour between me and God of just this, this time where I was really evaluating my life of like, what am I actually placing um, my, my source of joy, my source of hope? Um, what am I placing these things in? And, um, and, and how am I living my life? Am I living it for me or am I really dedicating my time to God? Like, like I'm kind of in a profession where I should be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it was a long hour of evaluating, but a really real hour between me and God. Um, and I came out of the, the testing and, uh, they did the full body, you know, scans and everything. And the doctor comes in and I'll never, I'll never forget what he said, but he came up to me and he says, I don't know how this happened but you didn't break a single bone. You're kidding me. Yeah. And so uh, I guess the way I impacted on my tailbone, um, it was, it ended up being uh, nerve damage. And so I had this massive knot in, in my tailbone. Okay. And you don't really realize how much you use your tailbone until it's like you have to sit or you have to walk or do any sort of movement. Right. So um, because my legs wouldn't work because it was too painful for me to move my legs. So every time I would stand up, I'd black out. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, the doctors told me that over time that muscle will relax and I'll be able to get that nerve movement back in my legs. And so he said, when I could take two steps, they would let me out of the the trauma unit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. How long did it take? So it actually took me three days to take two steps. Wow. Every time I'd stand up, I'd black out and, um, yeah, and after three days then, I was able to take my two steps, and then they, they released me. Christy came to the hospital and everything, um, and my parents were there, and so uh, they drove me back, and, and then it was a couple months of recovery. But um, at this point now, it's been uh, three or four years okay. since that happened, and um, fully fully functional. Like, I have some lower back pain every once in a while when I do too much, but mm-hmm. like, hey, I'll take that, you know? Yeah, yeah, over being paralyzed, right, for honestly, sure. yeah. So, um, it put a lot of things in my life in perspective. Like, up I to bet. that point, I was kind of living for whatever I wanted, whatever I, you know, found as adventure and found fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to, and as we're talking about joy, too, like, I, I absolutely was trying to see where do I find joy in my life? Yeah. You know? And I think that was a big question. And so a major life moment like that will make you stop and think about, um, one of the phrases that's kind of come through this is I do feel like I'm on borrowed time. Like Mm -hmm. that's a big thing that, um, that I constantly am am thinking about, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of reminded about anytime I even do get to share the story too. It just reminds me that it all could have been over at that point. And then, um, didn't, didn't know, um, my wife was pregnant. And so, um, yeah. And, and then we ended up having Jordan and then now we have baby Evan. So the abundance of life, um, that, that is post the accident has, has been honestly pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and just that I've gotten to be in ministry this whole time too, is, Mm -hmm. is pretty incredible of how God's used me since then. Um, but I think it took, it took a pretty hard hit for me to really realize you know, how am I living? What is, what is my source of joy? And am I actually abiding in God? Am I abiding in him, mm-hmm. um, for, for that source of joy? So a very big perspective changer. 
Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So less than a year later, you guys had Jordan. Yeah. Yep. How did that change your perspective on becoming a parent? Yeah. I mean, as a, as a young guy, like all I really knew was like college life and all of that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then doing the sponsored cliff jumping stuff, like my life was all about me. Um, Mm. and then in the moment, um, becoming a parent changes everything. And so, Mm. um, my, my sense of just, um, of joy and my sense of, uh, fulfillment, honestly, mm. is like there is a more fulfilling life when you're when you're living the way that God has a- has asked us and called us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even for the blessing it is to have children, um, yeah. not everybody can can have that. And so, the blessing that God's given me there too uh, is something I don't want to take for granted. And yeah. uh, it's only it's been three years of having our little Jordan, but um, even her story is pretty crazy. And, and the little miracle baby she is, mm-hmm. um, she was born with, uh, heterotaxy and okay. which is where your organs are all switched. So her left side and right side are, are opposite. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and usually there's some sort of heart defect that happens with that. Okay. Um, but her heart is still on the correct side and they uh, determined that her heart doesn't have any sort of defects. And so she's a pretty, uh, one out of, uh, a lot baby. Um, but then she also was born without a spleen. So there was a few organs they couldn't locate because of the switch. Um, but your spleen basically fights off infection. And so, Mm -hmm. um, she takes medicine twice a day and she has every day of her life. And, uh, it was also pretty big news for a newly married couple to like hear, you know, in your first ultrasound, they, they told us a bunch of this in the first ultrasound. So it's been a crazy, crazy journey. Um, but it, it also even, the events leading up to that made us, you know, find ourselves at, at peace with, um, with God's given us this great blessing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, how are we, how are we guiding and shepherding that, that gift that he's given us? Um, yeah. and so the way her little body works too, it's just incredible how God's designed it, that she, she's perfectly healthy and growing and, wow. uh, hasn't had any major issues. Um, just a small, small things over the time, but mm-hmm. we'll have those with her. And, but, but overall she's growing perfectly normal. And like I said, she's preschool, super smart, like <laughs> being my teacher. So yeah, she's, she's an incredible little person Yeah, that God's blessed us with. Same with, same with baby Ev, our one-year-old too. So the joy that I have in life and the fulfillment um, that God's given me, not only in my family, but also in my relationship with him, it's just very different mm-hmm. uh, than what it was before. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I can imagine that, you know, the miracle that God allowed you to live through your accident and it could have been horrific to the miracle of Jordan being as healthy as she is, which was not expected. Like I can imagine that that has been incredibly humbling to experience all that in such a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, formative years, honestly, um, of changing, changing my viewpoint from, you know, what am I getting out of life to kind of that, uh, consumer versus contributor Mm -hmm. mindset. And it almost, um, it's where I see myself trying to, to where can I find joy, um, in, in earthly things and in, in whatever I could kind of enjoy myself, but Mm -hmm. then actually turning it around to say, well, am I having my joy in the Lord? Does my, my does my joy come from the Lord? Right. Um, and and when you live that life, when it is um, a, abiding in Him, then it is 
uh, so much more fulfilling and so much more satisfying in the life that, that I have now. Um, I would take 10 times over 10, you know, of, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the crazy and it was fun and it was, a, you know, I had fun, but happiness isn't the same as joy. Right. Um, and I think sometimes people can confuse that. And I know I have in my life. Um, but yeah, so just, just even the, the abundance of life, I think is, is evident of, um, of my joy that comes in the Lord, even when things go wrong, you know, like Mm -hmm. just because, you know, my life is very different now than it was before. And and I, I do recognize that I've been blessed and, um, for anybody else, it's like, well, what if I don't have that? Or what if that isn't, um, even in the difficulties, there's been challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, when you, when you are abiding in Christ, when you do have that joy that comes from the Lord, there's fulfillment even through the difficulties. And I think that's been one of the biggest learnings that, that I've had to go through, Mm -hmm. um, is learning even in potentially life altering moment, you know, and being told I'm paralyzed to then (laughs) being told our child might have severe issues. Um, we still are able to find our joy in the Lord and he is supreme over all of it. Um, and so, uh, even when life doesn't go right, like it's not going to, mm-hmm. but it, it's more of a matter of where are your priorities, where, where's your focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a hard learning, I <laughs> but, bet. but I, I love it. Any chance I get to kind of share that message too. Yeah. Do you think there's a correlation between joy and identity? Uh, for, for me, I would say there was, um, and especially in this case, like, a lot of my identity was wrapped up in being a cliff jumper, being mm-hmm. known as that kind of that guy, like that crazy outgoing type guy. Um, mm-hmm. And and so it always felt good. Like there's a kind of this like self, I don't know, like puffed up nature of us <laughs> that are just like, yeah, I'm the guy. Like, that's great. Yeah. Um, but then it's amazing how in a moment it can get taken away. Right. And then it's like, well, why did I put so much of my my source of joy and my source of identity in those things. Um, when in reality, the only thing that's never changing that is always sustaining is our relationship with God is, is who God is. Um, and we're commanded all throughout the Bible to, to abide in him. Um, and, and are we really living that out or are we saying when things go wrong, that's when I need him. Mm -hmm. But how are we, whenever things are going right and whenever we do feel the blessings that are being poured on, you know, even, uh, in this season, in this time of life too, we, we usually take time to think about all the blessings that have been given to us and, Mm -hmm. and remember the Christmas season. Um, but, but how are we living outside of even like the moments when things go wrong or it's really brought to our attention, our daily, the daily grind, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's difficult to keep that focus. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's something that comes out in the way that you interact with your high school students? Oh yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's been some great illustrations over the years, you know, um, got some fun videos that I'll show them every once in a while. And, uh, it's, it's great to see, um, how, how often the life lessons that I learn and am learning Mm -hmm. are the same ones that, um, I can bring to students and relate to students of students are placing their identity, their source of joy in things of this world, Mm -hmm. you know, in their status and their relationships and their, you know, in their popularity, their following, their sports, their, you know, name it. Um, and so the message is the same that I had to learn, that I am learning, that I get to bring to students all the time of where is your source of joy? Mm-hmm. Um, not just happiness, not just the things that, that you enjoy in life and like things that make you happy, but mm-hmm. actually your real true source of joy. When things go wrong, when things go right, 
where's your source of joy? And that's mm-hmm. a message that um, are for, it's for students, it's for grown adults, it's for yeah. everybody, yeah. you know? It sure is. Uh, you've talked a lot about joy and happiness. How would you define each of those? Interesting. Um, joy is a fulfillment, uh, is how I would kind of explain it, of um, the joy that comes from a fulfilling, real, uh, true relationship with God. Mm. And so there's a there is a substance to joy that can't be matched by just happiness. For me, mm. happiness is just surface level. It's mm-hmm. you can be happy for a moment, even if you're doing the wrong things. Like you can still be happy for that moment, um, but it's not lasting. It's not satisfying uh, like joy is. Joy mm-hmm. has a depth to it mm-hmm. compared to um, maybe the surface level nature that we usually chase happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but are we actually chasing our source of joy? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've always thought of it as as happiness is an emotion, but joy is a character trait. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, they correlate, obviously, because when you are, when you're experiencing joy, you can also experience happiness, but there is a difference between the two. And I think that's important to understand, especially when things are not going as planned, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So to wrap up here, um, I have two questions for you. The first one is, after going through this experience, after wrestling with where do I find my joy, um, how does it challenge your view of God and how does it, how does it challenge you to live, especially during the Christmas season? Yeah. Um, the challenge that I've gotten from this experience is, uh, that I, I truly believe I'm on bonus time and Mm -hmm. I think we all are, but Mm -hmm. we don't always really put it in that kind of terms and that kind of real gripping terms of, um, God, God has just kind of hit me over the head of this, like this, some people need to hit rock bottom, literally. And, uh, and, and that was the moment where I was like, what am I living for? What am, what am I actually trying to pursue in life? Is it self gratification or is it, uh, something that is sustaining that's bigger than me, that's outside of me. And it's amazing because I, God's given uh, me opportunities. He's opened doors for me to go to college and learn what I was able to learn and, and go into full-time ministry. Like not everybody gets to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so even if you're not in full-time ministry, you're still being used by God and you're still in your missions field wherever he has you. Yep. Uh, and so I, I just always encourage people to take take every day um, as, a, as a blessing it is and Sometimes we don't always think that way. Uh, we think, well, I have a down day and today can just be a day off or something. But um, when it when it is a little more urgent, when it's like you're on borrowed time, mm-hmm. how are you living? What are the things you're really chasing after? What are you pursuing? Is it is it financial? Is it things of this world? You know, is it is it whatever the next greatest thing is? Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately those things won't last. And uh, what is the most important thing that you can be pursuing? Uh, and for me, I would say my my goal in life and i i say this to the students all the time so they always hear it but uh my goal in life is honestly just to bring bring glory to god in mm-hmm. all that i do yeah. um mm-hmm. and i and i think that's the same call for each of us that yeah. uh how are you how can you bring glory to god in the way you're living today you mm-hmm. know and and if it if i can make it as simple as that of it's not always easy it's it's never easy yeah but how are you bringing glory to God in the way that you're interacting with people, the way that you're loving people, the way that you're responding to things, um, the way that you're even just working, the way you're doing your job? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you bringing glory to God in your life? 
Mm-hmm. And that's going to look different for everybody right. because he made us all so uniquely. So how are you bringing glory to God in the way that he created you to be? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a highly relational person. And so <laughs> the relationships, like they're just the things that bring me the most life in ministry and, and the joy in my life. Yep. And so within ministry, I have students that I get to invest in and pour into. I have leaders that are, that are doing the same thing. And I get to create this structure that uh, that gets to duplicate this and replicate it where we get to uh, disciple one another. And so who are we discipling? Who, who are, who's discipling us and kind of carrying us along? And then uh, even outside of work, you know, work and church are kind of the same for me. But um, outside of that, I, I have people in my life that I get to invest in and friends and um, people that I care about. And so for me, it's a very relational um, ministry that, I, that is just a lifestyle mm-hmm. um, more than it is a job. And so I'll, I always say ministry is a, is a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. you, you get paid for it and it's this interesting dynamic, but in reality, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't stop when the clock stops. Right. It's, it's all the time. Um, right. and I love that. I love that. I want it to be my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And what a challenge for everybody listening to think about too, um, for their own lives as well. All right. Last question. What does it mean to you to pursue a life of joy? For me, it's the the fulfillment that comes with a life of joy. Um, and so what I mean by that is uh, the the daily decisions that I make, mm. sometimes they're bigger, bigger decisions that have an effect for a long time. Some of them are really small decisions. Yeah. Um, but even when those things don't go right, even when things fall apart, um, what is my relationship with God look like? What does that look like? Um, and, and how am I finding that joy that only can come through him? And so the only reason why we can love other people is because of the love he has for us. Mm. And the same thing is true for, for joy, that the only way that we can find joy um, in, in what he's given us, in the blessings he's given us, is because it comes from him. Yeah. And so uh, as long as I continue to uh, abide in the light and abide in him, um, then that, that is what I, I would say is probably the, the biggest, um, change that I would encourage, um, and motivation is, is to really analyze what is it that, that you're getting your joy from? Mm. Um, and then if you can track it back to the source, then it's like, well, what is that source? If it's anything other than God, it needs to change. Yeah. And that's so easy to say and so hard to do. Believe me, because I've been there and I'm, (laughs) I'm still working on that. Um, and there's all these little little things that pop up and take our attention and take our time. Yeah. But am I am I making time uh, to to really truly find my joy in in Christ? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I think that you've given all of us a lot to think about and process through this week as we look at joy at Christmas time. Um, so yeah, just thank you and thank you for allowing. God to work through the experiences that he's given you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I don't know if you took notes like I did, but wow, Alex has given us so much to think about this week. I love what he said, that no matter how old we are, we're all still looking for a source and we are all pursuing life in something. But did you catch what he said at the end? If you ask yourself, what is my source of joy? and the answer to that is anything other than Jesus, something needs to change. Oh man, I would encourage you to think about that question this week. 
What are you pursuing joy in? How can you bring glory to God in the way that you're living today? And what does it look like to abide in Christ? Alex used that word abide quite a bit, and it comes straight from John chapter 15, where Jesus refers to himself as the vine and to us as the branches. Maybe take some time this week to read through that chapter a few times and dig a little deeper into what it means to abide in Christ and to live a life that brings glory to God. As a reminder, if you want to learn more about this idea of joy during Advent, you can check out the Bible Project's blog post, which we have linked for you in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes, including next week when Sandy Robinson joins me to take a closer look at the final theme of Advent, peace. But until then, I hope you have a joy-filled week and a very Merry Christmas.